everyone, welcome in to Church Time Tulsa. The church was, is, and will be the hope of the world. And my hope, my desire is that as you're joining us, that you feel encouraged, inspired, exhorted to be the church as we follow Jesus and do what he's doing. And especially for my Tulsa folks, glad you're here. Uh, my name is Austin Hoxie. I pastor a church here in Tulsa. And Jesus is on the throne. He's doing some fun stuff. Uh, for all my non-Tulsa friends, glad you're here too. Be encouraged. I'm sure he's working in your city. Um, hey, if you missed the first episode, I'd encourage you to go back, check it out. Uh, today, we're going to get into talking about this concept of trust. And ultimately, do we trust God? But more specifically, do we trust God in that we trust God in the church where we're at? which is going to play into relationships, structures, et cetera, et cetera. And for us to really model, be, express the church, this idea of trust, I think, is pretty critical. Um, specifically, if you got time this week, go and check out the book of Ephesians. And what you're going to find is through the book, there's not a lot in the book that talks about you and Jesus. Now, you and Jesus is foundational. It's a critical element for all of our lives in God. But what you'll see is it says things like that we are seated in heavenly places, that the body of Christ is where the manifold wisdom of God is being made known to rulers, authorities, etc., and that it's the body of Christ that is being um, pushed to attain the fullness of the measure of God in Christ. And the concept of we is um, foundational, I want to say, in the kingdom, because Jesus didn't come back for the one. Now, we'll read the parable of the one sheep, and yes, he actively pursues all of us individually, but he isn't coming back for us as individuals. He's coming back for his bride, the church. And so the idea of a functional, beautiful, powerful church is going to come back to a trusting relationship. You can think of it like uh, in any marriage. Marriage is one of the most risky relationships that we have on a planet. Two people enter into this exclusive covenant, you know, till death do us part. Those are dramatic words and covenant. And when we believe it, the product of that communicated trust and covenant is you can do anything. You're never alone. You have a place where you're forgiven, where you can be seen for who you are, that you can be empowered for who you are. On the other side, when you have a relationship, a marriage that isn't built on that same trust then what we get in these relationships and really broadly in our culture is we get these relationships where it's like, well, I'll do a little bit for you and we'll see what I get back in return. And then if I like that, then we'll maybe do a little bit more. And if that was jiving, then I'll do a little bit more. And all of that increase in trust is actually rooted in our performance, and now what's the problem with that? Well, if you're a high-functioning human, if you're like Gary Vee, that you're just firing up billions of people, you'll probably do all right with that. The problem with that is most of us aren't. Most of us are normal. 
And what will happen is in our normal life in the church or outside of that, we'll have these patterns of behavior where we're actually living in angst, in discouragement, because we're never really quite sure how this is going to go, because what we can control is where we're at and to go beyond that, to step into that risk in that marriage, in that friendship, in that church, in that relationship, it puts me out in a place where I can't be in control. Trust that happens. When we have these lifestyle where we never step into that trust, then we never actually step into the power of being known, seen, together, etc. And so all this episode, man, I really want to hit at this specifically, if the church is the hope of the world, if the church is where the power of God is, if the church is the place where influence happens, where we impact society, where we collectively start informing entertainment, uh, where we collectively start informing education, where we collectively are informing government, that is going to require that we as individuals are trusting each other. So we're going to get into that uh, specifically in the church. And so thank you for being here. Um, I'm pumped. Uh, To get started, let's define church. Just uh, if you're a biblical scholar, uh, you know a lot more than than, than I do. Uh, uh, And there's people on the internet, books uh, around that, that will greatly open this thing up. And I'd encourage you to check that out. But the Greek word that we're trying to capture in the idea of church is ekklesia. Okay, ecclesia was a Greek concept where what it was is these set-apart officials or this set-apart group of people that would gather and make decisions for the sake of the whole. Uh, Sometimes elected, sometimes not, but it was like a specific group of people. And so as Paul throughout the New Testament and these different writers are talking about the church, the ecclesia, they're not talking about synagogue. They're not talking about, um, you know, kind of ancient uh, religious systems. It's some level of a civic structure where there's an anointed, set-apart group of people that come together and make decisions, that have authority, okay? And so the church, it can mean a lot of different people in America. It could be that thing you go to on Sunday morning. It could be that group that you're a part of on Tuesday. It could be you and your best friends that have been trying to love God since you know you were born. It can take a lot of different forms. But when we're talking about, hey, do we engage in trust inside of the church? We have to understand what we're talking about. It's an ecclesia. I'm not necessarily talking about the full brand that you're a part of on Sunday morning, but it has to be something. Okay, so that's the first one. The second thing that I want to emphasize as we're getting into this concept is what does the church do? Um, Throughout the book, the Bible, there's a lot that is in here about the benefits of the ecclesia. There's the benefits of the church. But in regards to the commands for the church, I only see two. There could be more. I've read this book a few times. And those two commands are to meet regularly don't neglect the meeting together, and then to publicly read the Bible. And that's it. 
That's all that I can see. And so what that tells me is for this ecclesia, it's pretty broad on how that form of church works. Okay, so for definition, I want to paint the picture that the church, the ecclesia's purpose is to do three things. Okay, the first one is to help people, help the broader whole be connected to God. The second one is to provide a space where individuals within that group are being built up individually and corporately. And then thirdly is to equip that group to follow Jesus. Okay, so it's to help them connect, be connected to God, to help them be built up with God, but then help them personally follow or uh, be equipped to follow after Jesus. Okay, that's it for the for the, for the big broad introductions. So again, how's this playing out? So uh, for me, in the most recent, you know, we talked about last week. Hey, how are we um, following Jesus in such a way that impacts people around me? Well, the last several weeks, I mean, there's been a lot of things happening, but inside of you know my church, inside of my group, there's a, a, two different relationships that have come to the surface where these two individuals are in dynamic situations. Um, and in both of these situations, there's trauma, uh, there's pain, and the ability to know what is going to happen is outside of our control. You know, one of them is a medical situation, and the other one is, is inside a family life that has other people that have their own choice to make. And so both of these friends of mine, I have the ability to look at from a distance and be like, ooh, if I was to step into that situation, um, it would be outside of my control. And so the idea of stepping into that and offering any sort of help, being a part of that, um, being in that with them, that puts the risk on me because I don't know how that unfolds. And so in the event that that unfolds poorly, if I choose to step into that, then what could happen is that person could turn back on me and say, this is your fault. How come you were this? How come this was like this? Now, I could see all that and I can choose to step into that and put myself in that risk or I can choose to say I'm a part of church, but really that form of relationship and trust is a little bit beyond my control, and so I'm going to keep that at arm's length. And if that situation plays out great, I'll cheer on from afar and say, glad I could be a part. And if that situation goes south, I will be like, man, that's really hard. I hope you're going to make it. Now, I paint that picture to hopefully demonstrate the risk of following Jesus into real relationships inside of this church. There is massive risk involved. And for me to do that is a choice, not because I trust that person, but it's because I trust God who has brought me into this form of church, into this form of relationship, and through him, 
will empower me to be a part of that, irregardless of the outcome. Now, if that goes poorly, which it has for a lot of us in the past, I now have a choice to put up my walls and say I'm never doing that again because I am in control. That will then limit who I trust. It'll keep everything at a bay. And the angst, discouragement, internal pressure of the world is now coming back to me. Or you take on that pain. and I'm talking about real pain, real betrayal, real accusation that have happened inside of the church. If I can take that and put that back to Jesus, then it brings me back to the reality that he's the one that's in control. He's the one that sets everything in motion. He's the one that says all things work together for the good. And so I can choose to step into that next dynamic situation, not because I trust that person or that church, but because I trust God. And the risk of that trust, that cost, comes back to me. I'm experiencing another way um, with with my my wife, and we have kids. And one of my kids in particular is about to start driving. And the ramifications of the my my daughter not. Um, driving well have the potential to be very catastrophic. And so as a parent, I can choose to step into the driver's education, putting the hours in with my daughter, talking to her, allowing her to take more and more control and ultimately allow this process to be released and trust that she is learning, that she is being apprenticed, that she is becoming a skilled driver. But just like any of us, she will have the ability to drive in the left lane just flippantly and text and drive, and the ramifications could be very painful. Or I could pull that way back and be like, no, I'll just drive everywhere. No, we'll just get Uber. No, you don't really need to do this. You don't need a da 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 And in my effort to control, I will now be driving around my 17-year-old with my now up-and-coming 15-year-old wanting to drive. Like, no, no, I'm going to help you drive too because it's dangerous out there and you just feel the angst and the fear take over. This is what it looks like when we live a life lacking trust lacking risk. So that uh, uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully paints the picture, but where I want to bring this home today is this idea of trust inside of the church. And as I was thinking about this, talking through kind of, kind of the preparation of this, um, one of the things that comes up consistently is in relationship, we have to build trust. Like I don't want to just foolishly lend, you know, so-and-so 50 bucks that has shown that they don't ever actually pay anything back. Like, that, that's like, that's not someone that I want to trust with a financial loan. Uh, 
Okay, I am not talking about that dynamic. There's a deal in just person-to-person relationship where you don't want to just get run over by, you know, willy-nilly, whoever. What I'm talking about here with trust is trust in the confine of church, in the people of God, and more specifically, the relationships inside of church. And so uh, think about this question. If you go to church, that could be like big boy mega church. That could be like, you know, 500 person, just kind of this non-denom, kind of like middle of the road to like, you know, this 40 person church to this like exclusive house church of like 12 people. That's like, it could be all of those things. But the question I want you to ask is, do you trust what is happening inside of that church? Do you trust a spiritual leader inside of that church? Do you trust people inside of that church? If not, I don't want to be like, well, what are you doing? Figure it out. If not, I want you to ask the question, hey, what will it take for me to trust inside of that infrastructure, church, big church, little church, small church? And are you willing to actually do the work to move in that direction? Because friends, walking into a church, being a part of a group that claims to be connected to the head, to Jesus Christ, that inside of them believes that the dwelling of God is present, and yet they don't actually have the ability to do relationship, to trust each other, to allow someone to speak into their life. The idea that that church would then go outside of the walls of church and be relevant in any way is absolutely silly. Because everyone outside of the church functions that way. Relationships in our economy are built on this, you do this for me, I'll do this for you, and then we'll have this thing, and maybe it'll have some level of friendship. Um, But ultimately, there's always a scorecard. And one person eventually has done so much Maybe bitterness forms, and there's a rift in the relationship, and then we'll move on to the next one. That is the normal economy of relationships. That is not what the church is built to be. In everything, the church is built to selflessly sacrifice, to demonstrate the ways of Jesus. The same Jesus that trusted men and was not only put to death by men, but he was betrayed by one of his closest followers. Betrayed to death. It cost Jesus a lot. And yet, he walked down that path with his disciples, trusting in God. Allowing the leadership of Holy Spirit to do his job and to work out everything as Jesus did his part. And so we as the church are built to, in our bodies, in our structures, in our relationships, demonstrate, model a trusting relationship that puts us at risk. And as a result, we'll be seen, we'll be known, and we'll be empowered to be the demonstration of Jesus in our city to people that feel angst, heavy, weighted down, and alone 
lacking any genuine trusting relationships in their life. And so that's all I want to put out, put out for you this week. Ask yourself the question, do I trust this church, more specifically these people in leadership with authority inside of this ecclesia? If I don't, am I willing to step into those relationships and ask the question or risk, what would it look like to trust them? And then if you do, if you're like, yes, I trust these people till death and we are going to be the representations of God in the city of Tulsa uh, in the nations of the earth, then pray, pray that the broader body inside of your city, inside of your church would do it with you. You see, we are mature and complete, not because of the five people that did it, but because the church collectively risked. Go ahead and check it out. It's in Ephesians 4. It's the church that risked to put themselves out, to allow themselves to be complete, to allow themselves to be built into maturity and oneness in the fullness of Christ. But it is a we component. So let's get it, church. Ask yourself that question. And for those of you that are like, ah, yes and amen, man, I'm with you. Encourage others to uh, go with you. The church is the hope of the world. It's God's only plan. He doesn't have a backup plan. He doesn't have a JV team. It's just us. So let's get after it this week, church. Thanks for joining me today. Church of the hope of the world. Then, hope of the world today, it will be the hope of the world, and it matters on if we're with Jesus in it or if we're just checking some Christian box. So let's get after it, be encouraged, inspired, let's trust each other, let's risk because Jesus is worth trusting. See y'all around the internet. Peace.